Welcome to Quantum Journeys, a podcast where we explore the fascinating intersections of neuroscience, hypnosis, quantum physics, and the metaphysical. In this mind-bending journey, we will delve into the depths of the human mind, exploring the extraordinary abilities that lie dormant within each of us. We'll uncover the hidden connections between our thoughts, our emotions, and our created realities, and discover how to harness these connections to alchemize a life of abundance, joy, and fulfillment. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Quantum Journeys podcast, where we explore the intersectionality between hypnosis and multidimensional consciousness and everything in between, which is like everything, right? Um, I'm Chris Marie Bowman, founder of Quantum Journeys Hypnosis Academy, and I'm here with Robin Monteleone. Did I pronounce that correctly? Monteleone, but close enough. Monteleone. Okay. More Italian sounding. Okay. Got it. Um, and I've known you for a while. I just never actually said your last name out loud. So thank you, Robin Monteleone. I love that. That's very lyrical. Um, and we're just going to be sort of chit-chatting a little bit about some interesting things that um, we have discovered in Quantum Journeys Hypnosis and also maybe a little bit about your own background and how you came to be interested in doing this work. So with that, I would love to just hear a little bit about you. With regards to hypnosis or quantum journeys? Well, how did you um, how did you come into being interested in quantum journeys or just anything that's not like that side of hypnotherapy, you know? Um, and actually, we don't even have to limit it to that. We could say like just hypnotherapy, hypnosis in general, the clinical or the woo, whatever. Yeah, I, I would just like to know, how did you get to be who you are, Robin? It was really, it's been a long time. I remember being maybe nine or ten and my older brother, who's six years older than me, he had a pen pal in, I don't know, some other country and they would send cassette tapes to each other. And all of a sudden he brought me into his room one day and he said, I'm going to hypnotise you. And I went, okay. And... Um, he go and he made me forget one of the numbers, and so I was counting wow. to eleven on my fingers, and I couldn't. I obviously I couldn't quite understand. It's like I'm getting to eleven. There are ten fingers. I know this, um, and I, I I don't understand what he did with that. I think he was learning a bit of self hypnosis. He's to my knowledge, he's never done anything with that beyond that. Ah, um, so how old was he? You were 10 or 11 and he was... So he was 15 or 16. Okay, okay, yep. So, and yeah, to my knowledge, he's there's a, done... There's a famous hypnotist, Gil Boyne, who is famous for doing that, for getting people to forget a number. So I, I wonder if maybe he picked up one of his books or something. I truly don't know. I haven't even asked him. So I, I will need to ask him, you know, if he remembers yeah. all of that. So <laughs> if he even remembers, yeah. Uh, and then I remember um, at school doing some meditation and things, and that was one of the only things that worked with stress relief for me. Mm. And so I, it was guided meditation. So that, that worked really well. Um, and then in the corporate world, I managed to convince them to send me on an NLP course. Um, wow. And it, so they paid for it, but I had to pay for my accommodation and things. 
And uh, I loved it, absolutely loved it. Didn't quite get me to practitioner level, um, but it was really good training and obviously hypnosis was part of that. Right. What a fantastic um, sort of introduction to it all, though, you know, as a little kid and then through the corporate world discovering NLP. Yeah. Yeah. And then by that point, um, I was married and we were trying to have a family and we just realized that we had to go through IVF and all of that was put aside. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I, the, I had my family, IVF worked out, you know, and, um, I kept researching how to be a hypnotherapist, how to be a hypnotherapist. And, so it was always and, in the back of your mind, like the the interest for it. It never left. It just yeah. never left. Yeah. So, um, and then a few years ago, I finally went, here's a course, I'm going to do it. And it was just a three-day hypnosis course. And by that stage, I was absolutely hooked and I went, that's it. The kids are old enough. I'm going to come back to it. And I did my NLP practitioner. Um, <laughs> and once I did that, I started to get a few clients. And then I, obviously I felt like I didn't have enough. So I did a few more courses. Um, and then I did what we, in Australia we call a diploma, which is 600 hours um, mm. to get the, the full diploma. And through that course, I had my first um, exposure to past life regression. Ah, yes. What was your um, takeaway from that? Like, had you ever really considered reincarnation and past lives or anything prior to that exposure? Hadn't been in my wheelhouse. I've got a friend who's a psychic medium. Um, occasionally we would chat, but as far as I was concerned, it was just, you know, kind of something she did. Right, um, right. And I've had a couple of people talk about exp um, experiences with, with ghosts and things, and, again, it's like um, neither believing or disbelieving, just simply mm -hmm. not my experience. Right, yeah. Um, and then through this course, there was also talk of soul contracts and things. And I'm like, I have no idea what, what you're talking about, you know, and then um, discovering that there are actually academics who are looking into past life regressions and they've written books and, you know, this is actually a field of academia mm, yeah. um, that, that most people would say didn't exist, but it's, it's, a, it's a field of academia. Um, yes. And somewhere during that process, I came across you. <laughs> and that was all she wrote. Uh, podcast over. No, totally kidding. Okay. So, so you got introduced to the concepts. I mean, not that you hadn't heard of past life regression, I'm sure, or reincarnation to that point, but you'd never really like considered it in any serious way. So you no. get introduced to that through a hypnotherapy course. Um, did you start having sessions with people where you were diving into these other lifetimes? Yeah. Or did you sort of course, stay away from that? No, part of the course was very practical. So we actually had to have uh, 160 hours of practical sessions. Okay. Okay. Um, so I had to log that. Um, so yeah, we had to, we had to practice that. Interestingly enough, I was happy to practice it and be a client, um, a lot of people weren't. Mm. They didn't want to be the client? 
they, they didn't, didn't want, want to be the practitioner. They didn't want to be part of it. So they they just, you know, I, I was actively practising as best I could. Um, mm -hmm. Other people were, you know, <laughs> actively trying to avoid that side of things uh, because they weren't comfortable with it or something might have come up in the beginning stages and they didn't know how to handle it. So they didn't. Oh, I see. Okay. So in this whole practicum, there was one portion of it that was about past life regression and, and yeah. they were uncomfortable with that. Okay. So how yeah. did that change things for you when like you hadn't really, it hadn't been on your radar and then here you are doing these practice sessions. Um, did your perception of it change at all? I have my own personal like thing with, I, I, I'll just spit it out. Okay. And, and this isn't the first time I've said this, so you, you won't be surprised. You'll be like, oh yeah. But when it first started happening in my sessions, people spontaneously going into past lives. In your case, you were, you knew what you were doing to some degree. I didn't, I didn't have a blueprint for this because I hadn't been trained in it when it first started happening to me. And so I, um, I just sort of said to myself, well, maybe this is just what their subconscious mind needs um, in order to give them permission to release whatever the issue is. Like maybe it's metaphorical. It's just the symbolic permission slip. So if we think of it in terms of it being way back in a whole other lifetime, then we can let go of it. We can, you know, process the trauma of it way back there. And then whatever wisdom there is, we can bring forth. Um, and I was quite happy with that. I was like, it didn't matter whether I believed or not. I was like, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. There's no way to quantify that, right? There's lots of empirical experiences, but but there's no way to really measure and quantify it. Um, so, I mean, for the most part, I'm like, that's okay. Maybe that that is all it is. But but I've had enough sessions now where there are people that have actually seen each other, which I don't even know how to get into all of that. That's a pod, another podcast. Um, but like where I'll have, you know, one person have a session and they remember being somewhere. And then another person who's never met this person has a session and they remember being in that same somewhere. And then they remember seeing each other or seeing me, you know, or things like that, where I'm just like, well, I don't quite know how to explain that as just a metaphor anymore. So that said, how did it change your perception of things or did it change your perception of things? Um, not really being interested or exposed to the concepts and then now you're practicing sessions where you're intentionally taking people into past lives. I still don't have an answer. Yeah, I, Good. I, I, I like I, that. I, That's a very I valid answer. Don't. I like um, that. I, I think the best answer is that there's a lot I don't know. And so at this point in time, I don't know. Let's explore. I think you know? this is a perfect segue for the Akashic Records conversation. <laughs> Speaking of things that we don't know and kind of can't know, right? With our tiny little human um 3D brains and 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 of that, just the smallest part, which is the analytical part that thinks that it knows everything, you introduce something like the Akashic Records to it and it it almost short circuits a little bit, you know? It's like, I, I can't make sense of this at a conscious level. Um, at least that's been my experience and the experience of many of my clients. And so you've actually been there. Can you tell us a little bit about that? It was really quite a bizarre experience because again I had so I had no concept of it 
So I had no prior concept um, aside from maybe the words. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you were taking me there and the... Actually, the- no, you took yourself there. <laughs> We were in the hallway and I just said, what door do we need to go through? Like, I would like to ask Robin's highest self to share with us what door we need to go through. And suddenly this door appeared. Do you remember the door? <laughs> it was beautiful. It was also not nearby. We, I had quite a journey to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember you saying, now that you're at the door, it's like, whoa, 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 no, I'm not at the door. I'm not at the door yet. Just hold your horses. Um, it was quite a journey. It was a long way from mm. anything else. And then once I got there, I was something innate was telling me that I couldn't just barge through that door. Right. Um, and it was hold on, no, no, no. We have to bow. We have to ask permission. This, this is a sacred door. This is not a door that I can just enter simply because I want to. Um, And it was the most beautiful door. It was, if you imagine um, a geode and and you you know how you crack open the geode and you've got Mm -hmm. those two halves and it was like a geode, It it was bright blue and bright pink and it was sparkly and it was just like all these gems of a of a geode but kind of flat on the door wow it was so beautiful like it was just a quite a magical is not quite the right word but it was truly a spectacular door um seeming to indicate that that you know this is really quite out of the ordinary when you were describing it to me in the session, I was getting the sense that it was almost otherworldly feeling, like that mm. the colors that you were describing were colors that maybe didn't exist for us here in the normal 3D world. Like there was a vibrancy or some sort of exquisiteness to them that was re- richer or deeper. Um, and that was all just coming through like your words and and just watching the um the emotion that was coming across your your face you know it just seemed like such a profound experience i wanted so much to just crawl inside and see what you were seeing i was just like <laughs> oh my gosh this is so absolutely um amazing so what did you find you needed to do in order to gain entry to that door yeah so um i needed to to bow and I get the sense I needed to, it needed to be quite a peaceful and intentional thing to do. Um, rushing in there and, you know, yanking open the door was not going to work. I needed to be, in a sense, calm and at peace. And I needed to allow the sacredness of the mm. space to be part of me. Interesting, yeah. And and so, you know, that's part of the, you know, well, I need to bow and I need to ask permission to enter um, and I need to be still and open to the experience, so really centred in myself to enter. Um, and amazingly, I was allowed to enter, so... And, you know, that experience taught me a lot, too, because um, 
I knew that this style of hypnotherapy was very client um, centered, that, you know, it was you that was leading the way and I was just sort of facilitating. But the fact that like, A, I thought the door was just right there and it turned out, no, it was a long way away. And I was like, okay, hands off, Krista. Like, you're not, you're not in control here. Back off, woman. Um, and just let, let this beautiful experience happen. And from that point on, I was barely like just sort of off in the distance kind of going like this just to make sure that that you got whatever it is that you needed to get from the experience and didn't just like fly off into the neosphere or something, you know. But um, I realized then that it was not just client-led, but that the practitioner really needed to, just as as you were giving respect to the door and to the sacredness of it, like the, the practitioner really needs to give that same sort of level of honor to the client and their experience and not try to direct or push or, you know, lead. So thank you for that, because you sort of changed the direction of things a bit for me. Like I knew it was not super practitioner led, but at that point I also realized like, we really kind of have to stay hands off at certain points. Otherwise you wouldn't have had that experience. If I had continued to try and say like, oh, we're gonna go do this now and make sure you do this now, like you wouldn't have had the experience, you know? Mm, and thank you. it really depends on the client sometimes too, because from my experience, it was simply unfolding in front of me. Mm -hmm. Although I have had some clients who need their handheld more, mm -hmm. that they need questions to prompt them to find out. Um, yeah, but simply for me, it was unfolding and I just needed to allow it to happen. And your questions were useful um, along with the unfolding as long as you were working with the unfolding. So, yeah, yeah it, it, quite a remarkable experience in that it was an unfolding experience rather than a lead experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there was nothing really linear about it either. It was um, neither one of us knew where you were going to be until you got there. So I thought that was pretty beautiful. Um, now, this is something that, I really want to touch upon. And that is, I know that I say this a lot about the tiny little, you know, 3D analytical mind, but when you got into that space, there was all kinds of amazing, I'm going to say magical, but even though that might not quite be the right word, things that were happening. But on some level, there were things that were happening that you, your conscious mind didn't understand. And so therefore I couldn't understand because you couldn't describe, like really explain it to me, but you were like receiving a download or information or data of some sort, right? Um, and this is something that I really want, I want to touch upon this because there's something so just exquisitely beautiful about receiving something and not really knowing what it is with words, but only feeling it and sensing it that I don't think we as humans give ourselves the opportunity to do often enough just in life and especially with 
therapy of any sort, because we want to figure it out. We want to intellectually grasp everything and analyze it and deconstruct it and post-deconstruct it and yada, yada, yada. But you can't, you can't. When you're in the Akashic record space, it's impossible, I think, isn't it? You have more experience with it than I do, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't have a lot of conscious awareness of what I downloaded. But I know I did download something because all of a sudden my hands were raising up and I was, it, there was something going on because there was this raising up and, you know, before they finally, you know, came and then down to my heart. So I don't know what that was. But you also became <laughs> illuminated. <laughs> so anybody who's listening, um, who wants to see the time? I think it's only like 30 seconds long, the clip, but anybody who's listening, who wants to know what I'm talking about, just head over to the YouTube channel, Quantum Journeys Hypnosis, um, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But um, I, I had not encountered anything like that before. Now, since then, I've encountered all kinds of wacky things that happen with technology whenever I have a client that's heading into the Akashic Records. It seems to be almost the norm. But at that point, I think it only happened like that was the second time. And that's when I put it together. Like maybe there's a pattern here, but um, the whole room lit up. Your face became uh, illuminated to the degree where you couldn't make out any facial features. Did you actually <laughs> watch it? Like you yeah, were like, have, you yeah. became a light being for all intents and purposes. Now, I know there was some sun coming in, but the interesting thing was, is that as soon as we moved out of that part of it, <laughs> you turned into a human again, like you looked <laughs> like skin, skin color again, right? You're like your usual self. And so, um, and I, I, I remember thinking at the time, like, maybe this is what they mean by enlightened, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so... So you didn't really know consciously what you were downloading, but now that you've had the benefit of, you know, a year or several months, however long, it's been a while since that session. Um, what have you noticed that's different just about you or day-to-day -day life or your perceptions or responses or just anything? What I wanted to achieve versus what I needed to achieve were two different things. Mm. And so I'd been putting off making some decisions um, around my mother and what I needed to do. So um, she'd gone into aged care, she has dementia, um, and I'd, I'd had to make that decision for her. So she was in there. Um, but her house was still sitting there, mm. untouched. So, and and I hadn't been able to really make the decision to sort through that process. And so she's she's four hours away, and hence the house is four hours away. And I have kids and a business and a life. Right. Um. And it was something I knew in the background I had to sort through, but I just hadn't wanted to. It, it was, and I it don't was recall too, that, too much. I don't think that even, did that come up as something that you wanted to work on in the session? I think maybe we chatted, yeah. but I don't remember it being like a thing that you wanted. So that was more just like a side benefit 
but it was a necessary side benefit because that was something you really needed to address, it sounds like. Yeah, because it's a whole house sitting there with a whole lifetime's worth of yeah. stuff in it. Um, and so I needed to, you know, I, I couldn't just leave it sitting there. I, I do have a brother. He's six hours away from mum. Mm. So, um, you know, it, it it really came down to me. Um, and so it... I then had the motivation to start working through it because I had a lot of, I'd been going through a lot of emotions um, because it's my mum, it, it's her house yeah. and it's her independence and it's her stuff. It's not mine. Right. And, and I'd been going through a lot of emotions of, of wanting to honour her and her things and her life Um whilst also struggling with the practicalities of she is no longer capable of doing it. Right. Um, and so someone had to sort it and really it was Sounds amazing. overwhelming. It, it was incredibly overwhelming. Yeah. Um, but after that session, I, I really, I, I had started but I hadn't really, I hadn't made the decision to really get in and sort it. And so after that session, I was I knew I had to get that done. I had to sort that out because with that in the background, I couldn't sort the rest of my business. I couldn't move on with hypnotherapy and everything I wanted without sorting out that. Mm -hmm. um, and and all that came with it. So, you know, what do we do with the house and, and all the rest of it? That's interesting that you say that because I've noticed that um, frequently where a person comes to a session because they want A, B, C, D, but it turns out that there's like prerequisites that need to be taken care of before you can even launch A, right? So they're like focusing on this, like I want to be able to do this and then this and then this and launch the business and become more visible and the, the marketing and put together the packages and whatever, right? But it turns out they can't do these things until the prerequisites are met. And I've run into that a lot. You're not the only person. And it's interesting because even though the person doesn't address the prerequisites directly, like they don't say, this is what I need to work on, um, our consciousness knows. You know, maybe it's at a subconscious level, maybe higher consciousness, maybe it's a collaboration, you know, but our consciousness knows, yes, you want to do ABCD, but we got to take care of this first. And so then... I, and I, I see this frequently. So that's beautiful that you mentioned that, um, that you just found that that was something that sort of naturally came up as something to resolve or work through and process. And in this case, the, the practical side of processing, not just the like mental, emotional, but like actually going there and doing the stuff, you know, but without feeling quite as overwhelmed by it, it sounds like you actually like had the, um, I'm not going to say inspiration, that's probably not the right word, but the motivation to do it. Yeah, I then started to put timeframes in place for doing things and mm -hmm. getting things done. And whilst I didn't necessarily meet them because I didn't, um, I then had the ball rolling. And so I was able to continue the process and, and, and get it done. So it took a lot longer than I wanted it to take, but that's the way it was. Um, it took it exactly how long it needed to take, I think, you know, <laughs> for your for your sanity and for whatever else. Like it took the amount of time that it needed to take. Yeah, yeah. And then, Good job, by um, the way. 
Thank you. Making the decision of, you know, do we keep it, do we sell it and, and you know, okay, really there's no point in keeping it. And I had to go through all the research of, you know, what's best for mum um, and in the end there was really little difference, whatever we did. So man, it sold the house um, and then there was, you know, what do we do with the money and, and all of that. So there was a whole heap of things to go through that I've done in the last 12 months that are now done. And isn't that beautiful that even though we had this rather woo-woo experience, right, in our session, <laughs> that it had real-world practical uh, applications and results. I don't know that people realize that, that by exploring these other aspects of consciousness, different dimensions of ourselves, essentially, or our soul, if you want to call it that, um, that it has actual real world, real world practical applications in the here and now, in this in this life right here, right now, things are benefited. You know, so it's yeah. not just woo-woo. It's like woo-woo with that purpose. <laughs> and along the way, I got more clarity with what I wanted to do with my hypnotherapy business and where I wanted to niche and... I got better clarity on how to do things. Things came up that I hadn't thought of before. So it was a bit of a roundabout process. <laughs> yeah, but you ended up getting the ABCD as well. You just had to take care of those prerequisites first. So since you mentioned it, what what have you come across as far as like your niche and how can people find you if they want to work with you? I love. I'm going to say when they want to work with you. I'm taking back the if. I'm going to say when they want to work with you. How do they find you? And what exactly is it? I, and I'm sure there, there's more than one. It's not just a cut and dried niche. But you know, what is it that you found works best for you as far as your focus with hypnotherapy? One of the biggest focuses um, has always been potentially working with women. Mm -hmm. um, through many, many stages of their life, whether that's through menopause or understanding that um, stress drinking is not working um, or even, you know, that aspect of where am I now? What am I doing now? I've been on this journey. I, I may have um, done the whole, you know, get into a relationship, have kids. Where do I find myself now? Um, and what's next for me, and who am I? And that's, you know, that's a great niche that works well with the QJA stuff as well because, yeah. um, you know, allowing people to find their own answers, and that's that's my superpower, allowing people to find their own answers. So it doesn't matter what I might think might be the answer. It's not the right answer for them. And so the processes I use allow them to find their own best answer for them. And they don't usually consciously come up with that. Well, if they did, then they would have um, not needed to find you, right? If our conscious <laughs> mind could do those jobs, then it would do those jobs. Um and I'm reminded, you know, of something that came up in a recent podcast, actually, which is that by the time people reach out for help from a hypnotherapist, um, it's usually after they've tried everything else that they can, 
which is interesting. You you would think, I think eventually people are going to realize like we should be at the top of the list, not the bottom of the list because it's just so effective. But um, so women that have already raised their kids, perhaps. Um, so maybe like over 40 ish, 45, yeah. something. Like that. Okay. Um, who are looking for a deeper meaning, sort of a purpose, that sort of thing, like looking for the, finding their authentic voice and feeling empowered, that sort of thing. Does that sound like I'm on the right path of your niche here? I'm just trying yeah, to put it absolutely. together so that people can reach out and like be like, that's what I need. That's the thing I need. I'm going to go reach out to Robin because I think that she can help me find it. Yeah, I think I know I did. I reached a point of surely there's got to be more to life than this. You know, I, I feel like I've stuck myself in this little pigeonhole, but surely there's more. Um, and I've managed to break out of that and create more for me. So what is it for you? Yeah. And, and let's find like you said, your answer. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Right. I love that you have that approach of um, not giving advice, but instead just helping them to find their own answers. And I truly believe that we do all have the resources within us for, you know, every imaginable level and layer of healing and, and purpose that we need. So I love that you take that approach. Yeah, absolutely. Tap into one your of the own things, resources. Yeah. And one of the things that I often lecture people about, um, and I try to do it diplomatically, but it's, you know, removing your ego from your sessions. I've never had to have a conversation with you about that because you just already naturally do that. You know, you always put the client as the the main character, like the client is front and center. It's about the client. It's not about you. And I really appreciate that about your work. It actually took a lot of the stress and the weight off. Once I was able to go into a session and go, you know what? Let it unfold. Let the client tell me what their words are and then we'll figure out how to go forward. Right. And when I do allow the process to unfold, as I've learned to do, then it's amazing. It never goes in a direction I think it will. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but they find their own answer. There's, there's always a way to find their own answer. And if they haven't found it, then I will pose the question, and what do you need to do next? What is the next step you need to take? Yeah. And they always come up with something, and it's never something they would have come to otherwise, and it's just so perfect for them because it's coming from them. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's beautiful. And that's that's why we do this work. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so would you like to share any experiences that you've had, perhaps client sessions, something that really like um spoke to you or surprised you or opened your own, you know, expanded your own mind on on something that you hadn't really um considered before? I would just love to know a little bit more about your journey uh, as a hypnotherapist. Oh, Wow, there's a few that come to mind. Um, I was doing a QJH session uh, and as we were going from the happy, safe place, one client actually had angels lifting her up. Mm. Wow. And I think that blew both of us away. She was nearly crying with it was just such a beautiful moment to have these angels lifting her up and that was 
absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Yeah. Um, I had another session with um, a man who was a very practical man. He'd had experience in the building and construction industry, but he'd also had ex spiritual experiences from a very young age. And uh, we were looking at a blueprint from his future. And because of his practical experience, it was like he was building it and he was using his hands and it was a so whole... Was, this a, was he doing it? Was he crafting his own quantum jump? Yes. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. just the most phenomenal thing, you know, and I'm just... He he was, yeah, truly using his hands. Like, his, and like a three-dimensional um, blueprint. Ah. Yeah. I, don't you wish you could just crawl inside of the client's experience sometimes? Like I get so fascinated with whatever they're going through. And sometimes they get silent and I have no idea what they're going through, but they need to have <laughs> the silence. And I just have to patiently wait for them to share any little tidbits with me. <laughs> I'm like, what's happening now? I want to know. <laughs> and it's purely out of my own curiosity. I don't need to know, but I'm just so fascinated. So that's beautiful. I love that he did that. And you know that they're having such a profound experience when they actually start at, like um, moving their bodies as if they're mm -hmm. interacting with the quantum realm or with wherever they're at, you know, such mm. a powerful experience. Wow. Yeah. So what's next for you? What's, what's next on the uh, agenda here with your business? Ah. Uh. Well, I actually, I don't know if you can see this, but I have a little book in front of me called Celebrating the, oh, 365 Days of Gratitude, um, which will be released today. And I have, um, I actually have a, a day in there that I've written. So, so you're, you're a co-author in the book? I'm a co-author in the book. <laughs> okay, so celebrating 365 days of gratitude. Days of gratitude. Mm. Beautiful. Where can people find this book? Uh, on Amazon. So oh, beautiful. Be released today. Yes. Perfect. Okay, and then where can people find you? What is your website called? And I'll make so, sure that I put this in the episode notes as well, but go ahead and share it with us now too. Sure. So my website is robinm.com.au. And uh, That's easy. Yes. And it's so Robin, with Robin with a Y. Robin with a Y, R-O-B-Y-N-M.com.au. Because you live in Australia. Australia. In case, <laughs> in case nobody figured that out by now. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to share with us um, before we call this podcast to a close? I think as a final word, it's important that we allow answers to come to us. And sometimes we spend too much time asking other people for advice mm. when truly their advice is not relevant to us. If we find our own answers and allow them to come to us, they'll be the answers that resonate with us and that we can move forward with them. Wow. Yes. I couldn't have said that better myself. That's so powerful. 
Yeah. I actually am um, guilty of when people say, have you heard of this person? Have you read that? Have you watched this? Have you seen that? I'm like, no, sorry. I feel like maybe I should, but no. And they're like, well, where do you get your information? I meditate. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, well, that's not valid. I'm like, well, where do you think they got their information? <laughs> like, they probably meditated too. Like, come on. Anyway, but yes, you're so, so spot on. Um, we're not going to find our answers through other people. We have to find them through ourselves. But it is really helpful when we have people like you to facilitate the conversation and to open up those connections so that people can communicate with the parts of themselves where they get the answers, you know? That's right. Sometimes we don't know how, and that's what I help people access. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So you're, um, you're also a bit of a translator <laughs> between multidimensional consciousness of a, of a, of a client or something like that. I don't know how you would say it, but I, I feel like there's an aspect of what we do that is um, just opening up the channels and sort of making sure that everybody's able to communicate, you know, at all the different levels that they need to communicate within themselves. Yeah, the way I explain it to clients is that I shine a light on the path, but you need to walk it. That's beautiful. Yes, I love that. Do you mind if I use that? That's a beautiful little metaphor. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I'll credit you. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Robin. And um, I'm going to put the name of the book as well as your website in our session, in our episode notes. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to see where things go for you from here on out. I know that you're going to be um, just helping so many people. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, my intrepid travelers. Did that last episode blow your mind? We journeyed deep into the intersection of quantum healing, the science of consciousness, hypnosis, and the metaphysical. And let's just say reality isn't always quite what it seems, is it? But fear not, there is much more to come. This is only just the beginning. Quantum Journeys podcast is your passport to mind-bending adventures where we push the boundaries of what is possible. So stay curious, stay open, and remember the power to change everything lies right there within you. We'll meet again soon on the Quantum Frontier. This is Chris and Marie Bowman, your Quantum Journeys podcast host.